From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is Battleground Ballot Box. I'm Stephen Fowler. It's been one year since the 2020 election in Georgia, but some voters can't seem to turn the page. And by the way, we never forget 2020, just in case you have any questions. We're not forgetting 2020. Most corrupt election in the history of our country. Most corrupt election in the history of most countries. The aftermath of Georgia flipping from red to blue in the presidential race continues to play out across the state in sweeping voting law changes, culture wars over education and healthcare, the future direction of the GOP, and of course, next year's races for governor and U.S. Senate. In this season of Battleground Ballot Box, we'll take a look at some of the biggest developments in Georgia politics since the dual Senate runoffs in January. Today, we'll talk Senate Bill 202, Georgia election laws, and trusting the principles of democracy. This state continues to be at the center of the political universe for fights over who we vote for and how those votes are counted. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes. We cannot afford to lose the sacredness and the integrity of the voting booth in this country. Over 75% of people who, who voted for President Donald J. Trump believe this election has been stolen. On January 6th, I will object to the Electoral College vote. That's right. That's right. It's hard to believe that 10 months ago, we saw Trump's now infamous phone call to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger asking him to find enough votes to overturn the election. Congressman Jody Heiss pushing false claims of election fraud, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene becoming the face of an antagonistic, abrasive, pro-Trump base. Then Senator Kelly Leffler promising to defy Georgia's certified election results. These events that took place in the opening days of 2021 have had a profound, lasting impact on Georgia's election law landscape. Here we are in the first week of November, and there is still a sizable number of people seeking to relitigate Trump's narrow defeat in Georgia, Republican candidates seeking primary victories by focusing on the last election and completely overhauled voting rules because of the questions, some legitimate, most not, about last November. The constitutional right to vote and who controls the traditionally nonpartisan counting of ballots are among the most important questions driving politics this year. And the stakes are high, not just for Georgia, but for American democracy. Ten months ago, thousands of people, egged on by former President Trump, stormed the U.S. Capitol in an attempt to stop the Electoral College certification of Joe Biden's victory based on a false belief that the election was stolen in Georgia and other states. Several GOP lawmakers from Georgia said they objected to the state's thrice-counted certified election, citing a wave of debunked claims and misinformation about how the election system works. But then... Kelly Leffler, less than 24 hours after telling a rally crowd in Dalton she did not believe in Georgia's results, changed her tune after Congress returned from hiding. When I arrived in Washington this morning, I fully intended to object to the certification of the electoral votes. However, the events that have transpired today have forced me to reconsider, and I cannot now in good conscience object to the certification of these electors. 
Leffler lost her election in part because turnout plummeted in pro-Trump areas that believed the election was rigged. And now she's turned to advocacy, starting voter registration group Greater Georgia that seeks to tap into hardcore conservative voters' distrust in the voting system and keep them engaged in future campaigns. And if you don't turn out and vote in elections, you're not going to have representative leadership. And that's what we have. That's the situation we have in this country today. GOP lawmakers have tried to fix that distrust in the system, caused by Republicans attacking the voting systems Republicans enacted by rewriting election rules in the 2021 session. The Georgia Republican Party's executive committee authored a report recommending drastic crackdowns on access to the ballot with a number of extreme recommendations, including ending no-excuse absentee voting and automatic voter registration. Some proposals also reflected a lack of understanding about how elections are run, like a call to cancel voter registrations close to an election day, which would violate federal law, claims that Georgia's voting machines were not auditable, and the desire to put serial numbers on ballots, potentially defying the right to a secret ballot. Now, many of those made their way into bills proposed by Republican lawmakers. Dozens of bills were proposed before ultimately two different mega-bills took shape, including one that led Republican Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan to leave the floor and refuse to preside over the session. The final version, a whopping 98 pages, would touch virtually every aspect of election administration in Georgia and set off a national firestorm over voting laws passed by Republican-led states. For over 10 years, I have led the fight to strengthen protections at the ballot box and ensure that every legal voter has their voice heard in our elections. Signed in a closed-door session on March 29th, the law represented to Republicans the future of securing elections and to Democrats a nod to Georgia's Jim Crow past. Democratic state lawmaker Park Cannon of Atlanta was arrested and forcibly removed from the Capitol after knocking on the governor's ceremonial office door during the signing. The imagery of large white police officers dragging a black woman out of the building captured national attention, as did measures of the law like restrictions on drop boxes, a ban on handing out food and water within 150 feet of a polling place or 25 feet of voters in line, and crackdowns on absentee by mail voting. Misinformation from the left and the right about what the law changed ran rampant, aggravated by Major League Baseball's decision to move the All-Star game from Georgia to Colorado, a state with better voting access laws. Rob Manfred, the Major League Baseball commissioner, completely blew it with this choice, and uh, I think it's going to potentially play a big role in the 2022 Senate election with Raphael Warnock. And so I respect the decision. I understand the decision. But I don't like the fact that we have been put in this position by our state legislature and our governor. Republicans point to several aspects of the law that make voting easier. Democrats and voting rights groups point to several that make things more difficult. And local elections officials have been left to grapple with the dozens and dozens of other changes that actually affect how they do their jobs. Uh, first of all, I would like to say that uh, Many election officials are very concerned with the language that uh, discusses the takeover of election offices. Lawmakers ignored their pleas, even as elections officials saw poll worker shortages and had voting locations back out while seeing record turnout. 
grappled with keeping voters safe and elections secure, faced death threats and attacks, and oftentimes felt helpless to counter the lies and misleading narratives from politicians in power. Then, on Jekyll Island this summer, hundreds of local officials from across Georgia met in what was part conference, part therapy session for processing everything that happened over the last year. And uh, it's really, really great to see all of you here and all the new faces that we have met. And we have really gone through a trial and tribulation. Well, for me, and I'm sure I can speak for a lot of you. Election officials such as Douglas County Supervisor Milton Kidd celebrated the work that was done to complete the election, encouraged them to move forward, and excoriated those who sought to attack democracy. Despite the opinions of others, despite the feelings of others, because it needed to be said, all of you all are heroes and all of you all are the backbones of our democracy. Without the ballot box, we would not have a democracy. This is the American democracy as sometimes chaotic, sometimes unorganized, sometimes all type of sometimes things. But this is what America is. The individuals in this room represent every aspect of America. Perhaps the greatest intersection of all of these themes is the GOP-led push to have the state take over Fulton County's bipartisan election board. Under the new state election law, a performance review panel could temporarily suspend an elections board, and the state election board would appoint a person to fill that role. It does things like certify election results, hear voter challenges, and select polling places. As with most things in elections, few people understand the real story— Some on the right thought this would oust Rick Barron, the maligned Fulton County elections director. We had long lines. We had poll workers dropping out. We lost polling places. The remainder of the year, we had five elections after that. And we we had no, we didn't have any long lines. Others have warned this would be a way for Republicans to toss out all the votes in Georgia's most populous county. The reality is perhaps less dramatic. The performance review panel is still meeting and doing research and will likely just outline a plan for the county elections office to do better moving forward instead of remove a bipartisan board that has little impact on the root of Fulton's years-long problems. It's a bit of theater where one side has to say they're doing something to avoid consequences of a base that believes the election was rigged from revolting or skipping elections. And the other side has to paint every action as the last breath of democracy, which, after January 6th, is not as far-fetched in order to energize their voters. Speaking of consequences, SB 202's effects and debate have rippled far beyond the Gold Dome and local election offices. Some activists didn't wait for the ink to dry on legislation to take action. This spring, black voters in Hancock County like Marion Warren banded together to oust the county attorney, a Republican state lawmaker who authored several strict voting bills. And I said, well, hell, I've been fighting him since 2015. Um, He was there doing the voter parade. He was there doing the whole nine yards. In the streets of downtown Sparta, Warren pointed to a dusty sidewalk where he said he was hit with a fire engine's water hose, 
a building where he could get a hamburger, but only from the back door, and the county courthouse where he used a separate entrance and said today's fights over voting rights are nothing new. So I'm doing the same thing over and over and again. See, I've been here long enough to see that to have experienced 1963, 4-5, out here. And now I'm here again, 50 years later, finna do the same thing again. It gotta stop. <laughs> it gotta end. One year out, there are a slate of GOP primary challengers that are rallying around so-called election integrity, seeking to replace Republicans that didn't overturn the election, including Congressman Jody Heiss running for Secretary of State and gubernatorial primary challengers like Vernon Jones and Candace Taylor. All of this, of course, is spurred on by Trump, who has been singularly focused on Georgia and its election laws for the last year. They attacked and cheated on our elections, and they did it right here in Georgia also, right here in Georgia. Now the people of Georgia must replace the rhinos and weak Republicans who made it all possible. In particular, your incompetent and strange, I had something wrong with this guy, your Secretary of State, Rathensburger, Rathensburger. In Perry in September, far smaller than his previous events, the hardcore Trump conservatives showed up and cheered for him and his insistence that his loss was a victory. He pushed lies about Georgia, Arizona, and other states, and issued a prescient statement about the state of the party heading into the midterms. And by the way, we never forget 2020, just in case you have any questions. We're not forgetting 2020. Most corrupt election in the history of our country. Most corrupt election in the history of most countries. There's been other fallout since November's election in Georgia, like the ongoing tug-of-war within the Republican Party over its future, a rise in talk of hot-button cultural issues like crime and the political fight over health care amidst a global pandemic. And all of these developments in Georgia politics must be viewed in the context of another big story, the once-a-decade census and redistricting process. Today's Georgia is a microcosm of a changing America, with a growing diversity, a shifting economy, and ground zero for so many political debates. Next week, we take a deeper dive into Georgia's shifting demographics, citizen involvement in the redistricting process, and lawmakers' battle over proposed electoral district maps. We're changing the political landscape, and I think we deserve to be heard. Battleground Ballot Box is a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. Our producer is Jess Mador. Our editor is Wayne Drash. Our engineer is Jesse Neiswanger. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks for listening. DBHDD is reminding Georgians to ask their doctor about alternatives to opioid pain medication. Alternatives such as over-the-counter medications and physical therapy can be used to manage pain. More information at opioidresponse.info.